Shame kills more men than anything else on this fucking planet. That seed of shame is our tie to worthiness, our tie to value, our tie to our ability to be men. We just don't fucking say it. What is up, internets? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles. There's been a big pause. I shaved my head during it. Lots of stuff has happened. It's been a hell of a two months for me with the passing of my father. And I just, I went head in the sand. So you might have noticed that I haven't been putting up posts and I haven't been doing anything. It's because I got to concentrate on my mental health and I got to make sure I'm functional. So I've kind of pushed my life off to 2024 in Mm -hmm. the way that I'm still training and working out and all the healthy stuff, but I'm not, I don't have the energy for content, but yeah. You get it? Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, I absolutely get that. <laughs> and you're pretty much perfect to bring on the show, so that's the perfect segue of let's talk to my friend Ethan. Ethan, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. My name is Ethan Nicholas, owner of Fight Me On This. What do I do? I change the world with my story. Uh, you know, I do a lot of cool things in this world. I get to be a personal trainer. I get to be a speaker. I am now officially an author. You know, I get to, I get to do a lot of cool things with my story. The unfortunate part is I had to live my story. Right. And uh, go through some things that you wouldn't want your worst nightmares. And I get to talk about it all freely, safely, and hopefully, you know, through these talks, someone feels seen, someone feels heard, someone feels recognized and is able to take steps in their own journey to to move towards healing of their own and growth of their own. So my name is Ethan Nicholas, and I'm a fucking world changer. Awesome. I love that's a great that's a great uh, byline. I was telling Ethan before the show started, because, of course, you get to see everything that the next few guests are going to be uh, kind of based on mental health. And Ethan's going to be the first one speaking because I've met Ethan once in person, but we followed each other online for a Mm -hmm. while. I love what he's doing and I love his message. So I brought him on. So Ethan, why don't you tell us your story, especially when it comes around like the self-protection slash violence Mm -hmm. side of things, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my story, for those of you that don't know it, uh, starts at five years old with 10 years of child abuse. Uh, basically being in a relationship with a parent is quite horrific and lots of things happened and lots of early needs were unmet things uh, with my mental health things with my physical brain development with my emotional development obviously early that early on in life I learned a lot of things backwards and and through that when I finally you know realized something was wrong and put my fuser in jail uh, to be free from under the foot of something like that for those of you listening that know what it's like to escape your abuser can be both incredible and horrifying at the same time because though it's great to not be being heard anymore you don't really possess the skills necessary to function as an individual in society when you've never been an individual before um so for me i ran to the first place that I felt like home and that was partying it was house parties and it was violence immediately it was violence i hated the world and i didn't know why and at a house party, someone said the wrong thing. And in protection of other people in the house, I chose to unleash at that point, 15 years of holy shit on somebody and earned my title immediately as big black Ethan and immediately was asked to start bouncing house parties and making money as a hired hand to be a problem solver. It escalated so quickly. I found something that needed me that fed the hatred that fed this thing and at the same time gave me protection that i'd never had i'm coming from a place where i didn't have a father i didn't have a mother my family didn't protect me my teachers didn't protect me the doctors didn't protect not a single person in my life 
mm-hmm. saw that a switch flip and I was different and all of these acting out. And I'm going to talk about that at length. So we're going to skip to the back part. Sure. When I finally found somebody that said, yo, we want you. Yeah. Oh, to be wanted right. when you have nothing. Oh, to be welcomed with open arms, even if those arms mean you have to use your fists. People don't understand why it's so easy to go to that life. Well, when you don't know love, the closest thing to it is desire, is lust, is the need for. I had a skill set. I was huge. I was probably 250 pounds at that time. I was the angriest motherfucker walking, and I had morals. Yeah. The last one was the most important because it wasn't that I was fucking people up for fun. It was if you came into my domain and tried to ruin the time or bodily harm of everybody else, I was going to stop it from happening. That made me go right into making money to deal with people like my parents. If you were touching somebody and somebody had the right amount of money, you could come and make a phone call or you could come to a house party and find Big Black Ethan. And there's a problem solving skill that I have. And if someone's doing you that kind of harm, the retribution that comes from somebody like me is far more justice than the system that's in place. And we could talk about that at length. (laughs) You and I both fucking know. I can say 10 years of abuse, my abuser got two. So when there's no justice, we can talk about that later. Because to this day, if I saw him, he would die on the spot. That doesn't go away. It just doesn't. So back to that is I chose gangs and violence. I chose drugs. I chose being wanted for what I could do because at least I was wanted. And that was where my violence story began. I think this, what your tale speaks to so many things. Number one, becoming the person you didn't have. Uh, and with that, becoming the person you didn't have, but making that up as a kid, like not knowing what that would actually look like, right? And I find that a lot of people, there's this whole talk about toxic masculinity. And there is toxic masculinity. There are people that don't understand it. And that usually comes from people that didn't have a father or a role model. They make it up in their head what it's supposed to look like. I hmm. come from a very... So I come from a very similar place where my dad lived very far away. So I had the lessons, but I didn't have the practice, right? It's like reading a Mm -hmm. book and then never doing anything in it. Like you don't actually know it. So very similar, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm very good at violence. I could take a hit from my past. I was a friendly guy, but in the same Mm -hmm. thing, I, I I had these morals and I always justified violence as I was doing it to protect but mm-hmm. then in the long run, I realized I actually, I just liked it. I just wanted to fuck someone up. Yeah, because just fuck, someone, it felt good. It felt good. Someone, to be someone else has to hurt. If I hurt this goddamn yes. much, if you even hint that you're a bad person, I'm hurting you. Because mm-hmm. you deserve it. Because yeah. someone, because someone's data. Because yeah. he didn't. My abuser didn't. Right. Like, I don't, and here, and this is to every, now hold, hold on. Oh. This is to everybody. If you think because they went to jail just they paid their debt you can kiss the darkest part of my natural black ass because that's not justice sure there's no system in place that can pay me back for 10 years of my life being stolen from me from five to like there isn't yeah no until he dies and stops breathing and you christians can suck it too until he dies and stops breathing I don't fucking care. It's not fair. It is not justice. For the amount of times that I've wanted to take my own life, for the amount of times I have tried to take my own life because of what was done to me, it's not justice. Yeah. You can hear the violence in my voice. You can hear that because it doesn't go away. Yeah. It doesn't stop. I've repurposed it. I get to use it in different ways. I get to yeah. use my word. That's why I'm so eloquent with making people feel shit. But 
the other side of me still there because that's not fucking justice. I agree. And on all that agreed. And on that note, the really interesting thing is I'm 43 in like four weeks and I have a lovely wife and a daughter and uh, that shadow, that darkness doesn't go away, but how do you, repurpose it how do you make it useful how do i not pass the family curse on Mm. to my daughter right yeah there's that's a great question there's so many ways to answer that and i will say it in a couple of and i'm hoping a couple of different ways that land with people number one for me and this is just my lived experience with, with repurposing it was understanding that nobody else has to fucking understand it See, the thing with with people like you and me is we have anger justified glorious righteous anger The problem is, is that society as a whole are a bunch of fucks when it comes to anger and tell us from the time you're little, you can't throw tantrums. You can't express for the love of fuck. A tantrum is a, is the only communication skill we have as children to, to release the energy. If you just fucking let it happen, like there's so much communication that happens now in and of itself. When we tell that to stop happening, you just bottle cap it. And then you wonder why six months from that event or a year from that event, your kid dummies someone at school for looking at him the wrong way or for saying something about his mama or for touching the nerve that was touched. And we wonder why, because we didn't let the anger be addressed. So now we're wondering why adult men have this brutish fucking need to be violent, this fucking primal instinct to be dogs and rah, 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 because you bred us to do it. You said, go do all the hard shit but don't get upset about it. Don't feel nothing about No, no, just fucking do it. But there, when you do, there is a thing. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with doing. Now, repurposing for me became understanding that I'm allowed to be angry. The second part was I don't have to give a fuck if someone's uncomfortable with my anger right? because they choose not to understand me and why I am. Yeah. Now, if I'm harming someone, that's not what the fuck I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about before I get there, because the expression of anger doesn't start with violence. I'll tell you that much right now. If you're actually mature, it doesn't start there. Mm-hmm. Now, that conversion, when I feel that heat, I always ask myself why I'm getting that way. And then the next one is, can I use this for something? Right. Because if I'm going through it, Randy might go through it. If I'm going through it, Carl might be going through it. If I'm going, so then what? immediately now I have learned that I can say that I feel this way because somebody else has to. Right. Right. We talk about anger being this horrible thing, but behind most anger is a seed of shame. Shame kills more men than anything else on this fucking planet. That seed of shame is our tie to worthiness, our tie to value, our tie to our ability to be men. We just don't fucking say it. That's why the anger is irrational because shame at its core is irrational right it does it it's not real that's why when you call it out when you actually say it yeah it doesn't you can't that's why when people tell you the thing you know about yourself already it pisses you off because you fucking know it but hearing (laughs) it changes it right it it takes it out of that compartmentalized place now it's in the open it can't be locked away now you either get to cling to it or let that fucking thing go that's repurposing it's understanding it doesn't have to actually be about me this is my boundary in my anger if you don't like it, I don't want you close to me anyways. Right. My support circle has zero, big zero problem with my anger. When I'm at my hottest, when I'm at my most scary, yeah. when people don't know what to do, they just exist. That's the beauty of me crafting my inner circle. 
they know what it looks like. They know that it's not about them. They know that I've lived a life that they'll never understand. So in understanding me and supporting me, right. they just sit with me in those spaces. How fucking cool is that? But it's not to brag about it. It's because I had to learn that it was not about me. It was the wrong people being around me. So I couldn't freely be me. Now I don't get hot all the time. Right. I can regulate because I have the space mm-hmm. to know that I'm not going to have to fight somebody and defend myself while getting angry. I think this brings up a lot of cool stuff when it comes to self-defense. So one of the three pillars of self-defense that I teach is community and how important your chosen community is to keeping you safe, regulating you when you're in a bad spot. Because why I think this conversation is powerful is every time somebody comes on the show, usually they're coming from a place of solving the anger already or eliminating it. And they're not talking about living with it and being in it. And I think that this is one of the issues we have with especially guys who are getting that older age. They're like, well, I got to stuff it down now. And then they start to become depressed and angry and pissed off because they lost that outlet of rage when they were throwing fists in their twenties or whatever. And they didn't find a healthy alternative energy expenditure, right? This is where I think martial arts is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Martial arts can do that. I know my mental health, like, my wife literally says when I come back from kickboxing, I'm a different person than if I skip kickboxing, right? Oh, Just yeah. because I get to throw some hands and be tired and do all that stuff. We say that mental health is self-defense, but also it's self-defense from yourself because you're not always the hero in the story. You can fuck up. You can cause a fight. You can talk yourself into shit that wasn't going to happen. And we tend to ignore that in the self-defense space of I'm always right and they're always wrong. There's been plenty of times I was talking when I should have been listening, right? There's been plenty of times where things have gone wrong. And I love that you're addressing that, you know, anger and shame. These are healthy, real human emotions that deserve to be aired out, that that need to go somewhere and do something. Mm -hmm. And we put too much emphasis on verbal expression and almost nothing on physical expression. Yeah, like, oh, so good. It's so good because I, I have a therapist. I'm yeah. not saying don't talk. I have had a therapist for seven years. At my darkest moments, I see him every week. Like he makes sure to clear schedule for me right. so that I can. It's a part of it. He's a, a very fucking integral part. But even he says, you have to move, dude. Like, and it's not just training. Like this is this is how I was able to redo my entire business. Like COVID happened and I was still like 250, 260 back then. I lost hundred pounds over COVID because that made more sense to me. If I'm going to have to live with this shit, if I'm angry all the time and I need to be purposeful and I do great speeches when I'm angry, I do great speeches when I pour that passion into it, then what can I do with my physical self if I also repurpose it to, to move through the fucking ugly? If you're trying to crawl through hell mentally, who the fuck told you you're not going to have to crawl through hell physically? The cool, like when you make that happen, those two things are so much easier to handle. If I'm putting six hours of hating my boss into my bar when I deadlift it because he reminded me of a parent that wasn't there and the tie is so easy to make and then all of a sudden at the end, there's 400 pounds in the air and I'm going, I'm up here. I did that, right? Not only did I use something that's been weighing me down for good, I did that. How cool is it and how empowering is it? We're talking about mental health. To every single time you're in the gym and you're in my gym, you're going to PR somewhere because everyone pays attention. Whether it's one more second, one more hold, one more rep, one more pound, one more fucking distance, 
all of those micro wins matter because we're so goddamn worried about celebrating a million dollars over there that we missed the first dollar ever won. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in that, we're talking about being able to focus energy where so much energy has already been taken. Right. When I'm mentally exhausted, I physically don't want to move. Mm-hmm. So then by definition, when I have mental things to deal with, I should be moving. Right. And we're not talking martial arts or the gym either at the point. Walk. Yeah. You know how beautiful it is to just to, to walk. If you like music, if you like learning, audiobooks are my thing. That's how I stay on top of my shit. Yeah. You know, I audiobook and learn at the same time. I walk, I spend time with myself because I love me. Mm-hmm. That part of this learning to use the anger shit is understanding that I love that I get zero to 100. I don't have to be afraid of my own anger anymore because people don't make me afraid of my anger anymore. I get to love me for being able to be the protector at will, no matter how many bad things have happened to me, yeah. being the protector, I still run into that fucking fire. Like I, I love that about me, even though it's terrifying for people. I've lost friends in my group because I'm that person. That's okay. Yeah. That's Please, I love you guys still. I'm just not for your immediate circle. That doesn't mean that if you called me, I wouldn't come. Right. right. I love that. That's why spending time with yourself is so goddamn important because shame is someone else's opinion of you. It's never yours. Someone else said that to you. Right. Someone else put that seed in there that you aren't the thing that they, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then how am I supposed to fucking get through it if I'm constantly listening to other people? Right. I got to go figure out what voice is mine. Yeah. Even if it's the angry voice. Right. Even, especially. Yeah. Because at that moment, I can listen and hear why I'm so goddamn upset with the world and myself. Because nine times out of 10, I'm so mad that I didn't just fucking say it. How many times have you been like, I should have just said that? Why didn't I? I felt it. Why didn't I just say it? Maybe because I couldn't have said it nice. I was just going to say it mean. But then say it. Right. If I say something mean, like, hey, I'm sorry, that was was aggressive. It was. But it's just coming out of me this way. Because I immediately can tell you why. Right? I don't have to be afraid of that communication with you or showing that anger because I'm expressing that, yes, I'm fucking annoyed. If you can't read me, I'm telling you I'm fucking annoyed. But it doesn't mean I'm, I hate you. It means help me walk through this thing. Right. Or don't. Yeah. And I think <laughs> my listeners would definitely test them out that there is no filter in my mind. But <laughs> that, that comes from this, though. That comes from mm-hmm. the place you're saying of, I realize that it's just easier for me to say immediately what I think than for me to dance around and say it six months fucking later anyways when it's way too far down the line to say it. And now so, it's a problem. Yeah. Like a problem problem, right? And, like that's the worst. Exactly. And this is where the expression comes in. Like we talk about the pillars of self-protection that I talked about. Number one is you. Now we normally approach it from the angle of like you are worth protecting. You mm-hmm. are, right? But we can also approach it with this conversation from the angle of, Sometimes your anger is justified. Sometimes you Uh should be upset. Sometimes that person did fuck you over. You don't always Uh have to be the bigger person. You don't always have to um, allow people to do shit like this. And learning that there is, that not all anger is wrong, but there are Uh levels to it. And then knowing this is right anger, this is wrong anger. This is, man, I haven't had- I would say that it's always right. It's always right anger. I don't think it's always. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, though. I'll tell you why, though. Sure. Because the anger is here. The anger is my T-shirt. Yeah. Right. It's up front. It's there. It's a thing. It can be loud. It can be taken off. But the cause of the anger is under the shirt. So it's always right. You're you are reacting to something. A reaction. The reaction and how it happens may not be right. Fuck yeah, you're right. Bang on. But the anger. What is it touched a nerve? So, but what's the nerve? We don't have it for those of us that can breathe. Right. We have the ability to go. What nerve was that? Like, am I about to fuck you up because you deserve it? Or 
am I able to literally just be like, I don't, this is not worth my time. Mm-hmm. Right. That in that right, both of those angers are correct because it's anger. It's a response to something that I don't like. Sure. What you don't like could be stupid. Right. Right. Yeah. But in you, it's always right because it's your response. How we respond is the thing you're talking about that can be wrong because knocking your face out for looking at me wrong is wrong. You're right. But wanting to punch you in defense of what you said means what you said hit something in me that I need to deal with. Because the fact that I want to knock you out for it means there's something wrong. But it's not the anger. It's the fact that there is something wrong. Interesting. So you're, I guess I was defining anger on both sides of the coin as both a reaction and a response. You're saying the initial reaction, that's just showing you there's some sort of deficit you need to deal with. And yeah. then how you respond to that emotion becomes a separate thing where you could add morals to it. Yeah, like, right. Because like in, in and of itself, I'll give you a, for instance, Stuart, my, one of my best friends, he's, he's my angel, that man, because he knows what it looks like on me when I've had enough. Right. Because everybody only gets one. I, I don't waste time or energy. That's my boundary. Right. I don't have time for three warnings to tell you this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> and I'm going to say it here and I'm going to say it with intent. And if you miss it, what happens next is your own fault. Now, when thank God for Stuart, because when Stuart sees that happen, he also knows, stop it. But he's never, ever looking at me. Mm-hmm. Stuart has his back to me. Right. And he's looking at them because he knows that if you've got me to that point, you deserve what's about to happen to you. Sure. Right? Is it make it right, wrong, right. morally fucked up? Almost guaranteed because nobody likes when you punch someone in the face no. until it's their partner that got hurt until it's you defending them that's a whole other talk but in that moment Stu knows that the last bit of moral justice is him stepping in warning this person that it's probably better for you to exit stage left right because i heard what you said you think you're going to win and you don't know what's behind me and those three things are bad because for ethan it's justice for you it's just a fight right and that's Stu. that's Stu's. In that, people like, he really says it? I'll call him right now, he'll tell you. And the reason he does <laughs> is because he knows that if I have reached that place where I would openly express it with violence, whatever they said is justified. Interesting. Like, because I, I don't, I won't anymore. Right. I don't, like you, we talked about this, I don't need to use my fists no more. Right. I can say it, I can talk, talk my way out of it. But the other side of me doesn't go away. Sometimes I've had enough yesterday you know the days (laughs) what is your advice to people with this uh thought process on like legal ramifications legal ramifications you guys got to know if you hit someone you're going down yeah and you know as a as a black male i'll throw that in there like that's a big part of why i don't sure and yeah because obviously you're going to get treated because no matter what happens yeah no matter what happens yeah i'm the problem and in this particular and unfortunate case you're fucking right (laughs) i am (laughs) but um, why you're not (laughs) I'm going to be the problem when you get there. Right. Now, but I, you know, for me, I also use that to my advantage mm-hmm. because, and here's, here's the legal ramifications question. What, what, what more, what you were looking at. If at that point, I know it's happening. Yeah. You know, the one, the moments where like, this is going to happen one way or another. It's like, okay, cool. Here's what's going to happen. You call them. Yeah. Since I spend enough time around the legal system, I know it's going to take them more than 15 minutes to get here. Even if you start screaming. Right. So make your next phone call. And then take a deep breath because I promise that that's more than enough time to make sure you never walk again. So if you want to do this, I'll wait. I'll let you make the call. But the moment I think you're done, that call is over for you. Right. 
And the reason that I say is not because I think that I can win, it's because I know the psycho in the trauma and I don't want him to come playing to the surface because there is in fact two pieces to me. There's right. Ethan, rational reason, and there's the old Ethan, which is named Jamal. He sits somewhere down here in my soul and he's the dictator of, are we allowed to be mad today? Right. That guy, <laughs> right? So I, part of also to your answer to your other question was I separated the two. Yeah. Justified anger sits down here with yeah. Jamal. He's the justice. He's the protector. He's the guy. Okay. He's the one that gets to, when I get mad, he starts the chain reaction and then we get to have a little conversation. <laughs> Is this worth me harming someone over? No, no, because I said it. Right. When they trigger me, like, let's say somebody gets me on a day that I learned something about my abuse, Jamal, all the way to the top. And I can feel it. It gets hot real quick, real warm. And he rushes with no reason or nothing. He wants to defend me. That's the exchange in that for, for me is I can tell when I'm in control and when I'm losing control. Sure. And so can my circle. Right. So legal ramifications matter. But if yeah. you understand that people don't actually want to fight. Most of the time you're right. I agree. Most, like 91%. The other nine are all drunk white dudes named Keith or Kevin, Chad or Kyle. <laughs> and all the giga chads in Grand Prairie just got mad, which is fine. <laughs> But you know, it's you guys got to know that all jokes aside, yeah, I take it into account every time that I may get into a situation where I fight. What happens? I'm mm -hmm. I'm a black male. I always do, but I also that doesn't deter me from standing up for myself or the people around me. Right. It's it's always a decision. Unfortunately, there's nothing I can tell you to make the right decision because I can morally justify you knocking them out. I can morally justify you walking away. Yeah. The decision when you close your fist is yours. Yeah, it you're doesn't mean you're always going to get information, right? right. You're the you can't. It's impossible to advise from the state when you don't have the entire context of the situation. It's impossible, this right? Like I'll never say to you, it's not. You can't say if they hit you first, you're yeah. fine. Yeah. That doesn't work anymore. No. That doesn't work anymore. You know it. We used to live in the oh, I can take a hit, so you're going to hit me first. But after that, like yeah. you know, but that doesn't work anymore. It doesn't. It's not the same. The justice system caught on to the fact that people want to scrap and they can feed off of it. Like I don't know yeah. what else to tell you. Because like, if you if you think that that's not true, then watch any time police show up at a bar. Right. It's not de-escalation. It's more violence. Yeah. You like fight fire with fire, or violence on violence. Yeah, but what happens when the other side escalates with more fire? Yeah. Because because then there's not enough cops. So then what happens? More cops come, and you know, but guys, this is dumb in the face. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It, at We've some point, a lot about anger. We've talked a yeah. lot about justifying anger. We've talked a lot about that. We're kind of coming to the end of the show. So, so we can give the listeners something uh, helpful. What are some mm -hmm. of your, like, do you have ways that you mitigate the anger that you have? Do you have strategies? Do you have a model? Do you have something you use to yeah. that maybe the listeners could use if they are feeling these emotions? Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, one Number one, learn your own Richter scale. Like I talked about Jamal, like I separated my anger because of how much flows through my body. I have tons of it and we can like, have me back and we can talk about that at length. Separating the two meant I knew that there was two feelings that would alert me that something was wrong. Yeah, It's down here, I'm pointing near my stomach. This is just where I say my soul, say my soul is, this is the brain body connection. When that gets hot, I know Jamal is fucking pissed. And it's, there's some sort of righteous in it because he's, if it triggers him, he has his right. That's how I know it. But then I get to ask the why. Knowing your Richter scale means that if I get like super, super pissed real quick, I'm going outside to punch a bag right now. So I'm not punching a human. Yeah. Right. Right away. I'm exchanging like energy expenditure with mad. That's for me, that's violence. So hit a, hit a heavy bag. Right. Right. I do have a gym. I have a gym where I can just move. I don't have to have any, you know, real reason to work out other than I need to move my body, and expend some of this energy. 
finding your pl favorite places to walk. We can talk about, uh, you know, when I punch a bag, it's almost self-harm, right? Because I've punched it till I've broken fingers, right? To feel something, that same thing. Yeah. But it's also crisis mitigation, right? We're talking about harm reduction. We mm -hmm. don't want you to get to the point of beating someone else, right? We don't ever want you to go there. For me, that means that if I got to punch a bag till my hands are so sore and then I look and they're black and blue in the morning, then that's what it took. That's how many people I just protected. Right. You know what I mean? Reading a book, going for a walk, blowing off steam, listening to music, all of these things that we use for mental health can be used for anger. Mm -hmm. You just have to be able to make the tie at the levels that you're mad. Because music doesn't do shit for me when I'm Richter scale 10, right? It just doesn't. But the right song with hitting the bag with fucking 100 push-ups create the space for me to navigate that mess because it's mess and it's external hurt. Right. You know I mean, it creates the space to draw brain from body and go, what the fuck is going on? Right. So anytime that you can move through anger, do it. I like the thought process of different levels of anger would then give you different responses to deal with that anger. So mm -hmm. going to listen to a song on a drive might be good if you got in a tip with your spouse, but like yeah. somebody threatens somebody you love, you're probably not going to get the same chill factor from a little drive on the hand, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's the problem I think we miss with not understanding anger for what it is. Like I said, it's the sign something's wrong, right? The worse or more deep, deep rooted the pain from the sign, the bigger the reaction is going to be. That's why the moral doesn't come into after because you're right. If I said something right now and you got hot, no matter my intent, it affected you. Yeah. Now, what you say next or do next depends on if we're still going to be friends. Sure. If you right away tell me that, yo, what the fuck? I would have to be like, well, what'd I say? Right? Because I understand that I said something to affect you. Now, if it was stupid and you didn't like the fact that I said that you shouldn't have shaved your head, like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, I'm coming to match you there. Yeah. But if it's right, like, there's no reason for me to actually be mad in return. Right. Right, because it's the response that you've given me. So obviously, I've fucking offended you. Yeah. Obviously, I've triggered something. So let's yeah. talk. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. That's kind of arbitrary. Mm -hmm. But it, it's the root of what set you off. Why are you fucking mad, man? Right? You're using this. The anger is self-discovery a little bit. You're using it as a, oh, why should this piss me off? What do I need to learn about myself? Yeah, because sometimes that anger is sad. Yeah. Like I cry so more often than not when I'm mad because the two are so closely woven together, right? But like tears mean hurt, like devastate, like anger means ow, like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You know, like there's there's two different things, but they often mesh. So when I say that, I mean like I learn which things are like like that's that's rooted in me from childhood, or I'm responding to the fact that I hate that this was rooted to me in childhood. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, because the anger, though justified, like, where is it rooted? What is the thing that it's actually attached to? What thing is it using to protect? Because that's all it is. It's protecting this thing. But what is it? I think in closing, I want to really talk about that tears part. Tears is something mm. we talk about a lot when it comes to self-defense. And we don't look at it from an emotional angle. We look at it from a physiological angle of Everybody who experiences adrenaline, their eyes water, all of them. Mm -hmm. It's a evolutionary aspect of when we were stabbing things with fur, so fur wouldn't get in our eyes. Mm -hmm. Tend to adrenalize quicker, which means they tear quicker. Women tend to adrenalize slower, which means they tend to tear after the event. Mm -hmm. How we pitch tears is they're not happy, sad, right, or wrong. They're your, they're your ship clearing the decks to go to fucking war, whether mm -hmm. it's 
sadness or whether it's anger that those tears are going to come but too many clients and again mostly women because men are experiencing it during the event women yeah. experience the, the shakes and the tears on the way home after class um mm-hmm. they think that means they're weak and i want to tell everybody listening right now tears don't mean shit about weakness they're not an indicator. They're an indicator of adrenaline. They're an indicator of stress, which means either A, you might need to sit down, or B, you might need to fuck somebody up. Do not tag water to emotions. You know what I learned about tears? And as you said it, yeah, I learned it like last week. Yeah. They're, our body composes them differently based on the reason it happens. Really? If it comes from an emotional standpoint, like something that's deep-seated to the soul, yeah. it has a different salination, so it actually stays longer on your face to be noticed. I didn't know. Is what they're like what they're saying. Like one of the one of the adaptations, like says we hide it, right? Well, like, but like when you what, like think about when you actually like just let the tear roll. Like if it comes from a place of anger, it's just you're gone. Like you're just yeah. fucking mad. But if you're sad, right? You're always like, why is it taking so goddamn long for the tear? <laughs> because they're actually like composed differently as an evolutionary thing for showing that our mental health and our mental state is shifting. So like what you said by fight or flight the response, it is that true. The composition actually changes. That's crazy. We're yeah. going to end the free episode right there. Of course, as always, don't forget to join me uh, and Ethan over on Patreon for the story he's going to tell. Uh, I'm excited for the story. The stuff he was telling here was great. Like, I'm really excited to hear uh, a tale. Don't forget everything's on Patreon all the time. Every every episode, every podcast ever done has bonus content over there. Patreon.com slash Randy King Live. Ethan, tell the people where they can find you. Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at fight me on this. You can find me at fight me on this.com on Facebook. I rebranded as I'm about to open a gym. So now you are looking for eHop by chop shop. Uh, look for that to open early January, but we got lots of good things with mental health, combat, physical, mental, spiritual, all the things. Stay tuned. It's going to be fucking cool. Cool. And your book, where can they find that? Oh yeah. Right. I wrote a book. See, I forget. I, I, I'm busy. I get it. I, I get it. it. I, I do. Honestly. Uh, yeah. Grit to grace can be found on my website, fightmeonthis.com for order signed or unsigned is entirely up to you guys shift or not. Uh, yeah. Just released it uh, October 1st. My first book of what will be, I'm sure many. Awesome. All right, everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of self-defense from all angles. These will be coming out more regularly. I think this is going to be out in January. So Happy New Year, I guess. And uh, yeah, join us over on Patreon. See you guys.